Sorry, I was just trying to go with it, you know, where it was. But anyway, welcome back to Eclectic Soul Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jen, and this is... Jen! And <laughs> we just want to say welcome today, and um, we want to do something different for this podcast. We want to send out a lot of light and love, and um, we stand up for equality and we stand up for everyone and just know that you have our heartfelt thoughts and prayers going out to you. But today, we are going to have tea, like a high tea. We have pretty little cups, <laughs> and we have a nice big tea kettle full of chai tea. We're going to do some tea. We're going to do um, some Q&A. So... Um, we have, I think it was about 24 questions. Um, um, we both could either answer both of them or, or answer that. We both could either answer, oh my God, I can't talk today. The universe is not with me today. It's against me. And then we're going to draw numbers and we're going to pull a number and we're going to, whoever pulls that number is going to read it. And the person that's reading it, the opposite person is going to answer it. And then if that person who read it wants to answer it as well, then they can do so. We have in a hat 24 numbers and we have some questions that we picked out of this game Jen has. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the game that we took the numbers from? The oh, loaded questions. Loaded questions. Yeah, it's a board game. And there's an adult version, but we're not playing the adult version. No, we're not. This is just the general one. And it's just basically random questions all different things. It's basically kind of just to get to know people. That's what kind of the game is like. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like Trivia Pursuit, but it's not geared to... It's not trivia. Well, right, it's not trivia. It's more like, okay, I want, I want you to answer this type of question. Yeah, it's you know, to get to know people. Right. I think it's cool. I, yeah. Some of the some of them questions were like, ooh, this is an old game. Yeah. Da that oh, game yeah. is dated. It is an old Very game. Very dated. Yeah. It could be like... Late 70s, 80s almost for me with some of I don't the think it's that old. But you don't think so? No, it might be like from the 90s or something. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. I actually have an 80s trivia pursuit, so oh. maybe one day we'll have to play it because <laughs> I'm such an 80s girl. <laughs> I have Lord of the Rings trivia pursuit. Ooh, we could play that too. It has it. It's the DVD kind. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, different. Yeah. Never played a DVD version. That would be awesome. I uh, like the Lord of the Rings. But anyway, yeah. so we have these 24 numbers. And I'm going to have Jen draw a number. And we're going to go first with Jen. Pick a number. And are you going to be able to access your questions? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want me to look at it? Or do yeah, you, want... you look at it. You drew it. You... So... Is this for you, then? Do I read it for you, or is this for me? Um, I don't care. It's number five. Number five? All right, what's on yours? I guess I'll read it for you, because I'm reading the question. Okay. If you could possess one superpower, what would it be? One superpower? Flying. 
Why? Why? Because I could fly to Korea. <laughs> Why did I ask? And fly to Japan and fly to Italy and fly. To, I could fly around the world. And if I can fly, then maybe I can keep people out of harm's way. You have the ability to move faster to save someone from being hit by a car or someone who's falling from a building or just anything, a child, a, a, an adult, an elderly person. I think it would just be really unique. Or if someone didn't have the money to go home and see someone who was on their deathbed, I can take them home because I wouldn't have the money, but I would mm -hmm. fly. So I'd be like, gear up, let's go. <laughs> so yeah I could fly I, I would love to fly number 10 yeah I picked number, number 10, 10. Right. is it on my list uh huh okay and this is so, this is for me or well, for you or for both of us it, for both of us since okay. you're gonna be reading it so like number summer. 10 is what have you tried in life and simply were not good at what have I tried in life and simply not good at because you were supposed to answer this first so what have you tried and just not good at? Or you think you weren't good at? Um, putting furniture together. Well, why is that? I just leave Brian to do it. I've tried it. It's just not my thing. Like, I, I'm not, um, I don't know. Like, unless it's super, super ridiculously easy, I just find that the way that they package them and stuff is not really the way I like I like things to be very, very precise mm -hmm. and very specific about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So in order for me to put furniture together and read the instructions, they would actually have to have the actual picture of what the tool looked like next to each step and show exactly the piece next to it in each step. Because I find that a lot of times it's all just very random <laughs> and you just kind of have to know. So I just don't do, I just don't do very well with that. Like the, I guess it's that whole like spatial thing like I don't I'm more of a mental person mm -hmm. um and I'm not really I'm not really good with physical like physical objects thing I'm not a physical object person mm. I, I like abstract things and music and art and mm -hmm. stuff like that I'm not really and it could just be I'm, not, I'm just not really patient so like to sit there and having to if it was simple and easy and you could figure out step by step Mm -hmm. I could do it simple. Like I'd be like one, two, three, and I know I can get it done. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times you're spending so much time going, okay, where's this tool and what what pic what is this? And then you're trying to like figure out where you're, what you're doing with everything, and it takes it just wastes so much time. I just get I get really frustrated and impatient. What have I tried that I was not really good at? Ice skating. Oh. I can roller skate like you cannot believe. I can dance on roller skates. I can shuffle on roller skates. I can roller blades. I can't ride on roll. I cannot I be on singular. I cannot do. I, love, I used to love. I cannot roller do blade. rollerblade. I cannot do skates. Ice skates. I tried ice skating. Um, I just I, I couldn't keep my balance. It's probably because I have little ankles, so I don't have a lot of strength in them. So, well, I did at that time. I don't know. Just not good. Oh, and I wasn't good at skiing either. <laughs> I've actually never been skiing, so I can't tell I, you. Oh, my God. I went skiing one time. One time. 
And I thought I was doing really good. I was going down little bunny slopes because I was learning how to ski because I've mm-hmm. never skied before. And I was doing great. So I was like, okay, so let's try the, the beginner slope, right? So, yeah, I, I was going. I was cooking. And all suddenly, I lost either the, man, the maneuvering. And I one blade kind of like went out. Well, one of the ski went out from underneath me. But it went out from underneath me like backwards. So, like, my foot went back, and I'm going down the hill. So, instead of just, like, catching myself, mm-hmm. I went tumbling down the hill, and the skis were every which way. Nice. <laughs> I said, never again. <laughs> nope. And it was cold as hell. So, I sat for the rest of the weekend in the um, little uh, uh, lobby, not the lobby, with the lounge that yeah. they had with a big fire pit in the middle. 21. Ooh, that's all my paper. Do you want to read it? Because I can hand this no, to you. No, it's fine. You can read it. Okay. What is your favorite thing about the beach? My favorite thing about the beach? Mm-hmm. Well. The sunsets? <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I, I'm more of an experience. Like, I'm, I'm more, like... For the relaxation of a beach, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess it depends on the kind of beach you're, you're talking about. Because, you know, there's cold water beaches and warm water beaches. And right. Different types of beaches. and um, I When I was younger, I used to be really into swimming and that. But I'm mm-hmm. actually not really much for swimming in, beach, in beaches. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done it. I've done snor- snorkeling and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. But I, I, I think, for me, I think what I like most about a beach is just the... The experience of, of being there mm-hmm. and just whatever you decide to do, whether it's just sitting on the beach or, you know, watching the sunset or if you're like with somebody mm-hmm. um, or even like I know people, some people jog on the beach and stuff like I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that that's to me like just the whole like calm, relaxed mm-hmm. experience of it is what I yeah. I like about the beach. That's where you and I are alike mm-hmm. and that might be the mercury in us. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I love the beach. I grew up around the beach. I was a beach baby. Um, in today's world, I'm not one to... I, I don't mind going to the beach during the day, and I don't mind swimming in the water. That doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. I love to ground in the water. I, I, I think even just being on the coast... Yeah. In general, for me, and like the smell, yeah. Because I, mean, I, I really like like lighthouses. My dad. Oh, I love lighthouses. My dad used to live. He's lived all over the place, but he lived in Oregon once, and mm-hmm. um, I went to visit him, and he lived literally on the coast. You could like literally walk to the white the lighthouse. Oh wow! And it was freezing cold when I was there. But even that experience. I like ghost lighthouses. Oh. <laughs> I like anything with ghosts. <laughs> you want to go ghost hunting? I'll go. I'll be right there. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> and I love Maine. When me and Brian were, I when never... I was on my honeymoon, yeah. we went on a cruise and we went to Maine. I would actually move to Maine if I like, but I hate cold weather. Yeah. It's so cold there. I would like I to love to visit. I would like so to visit. It's so beautiful and it's so small town. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, I just absolutely loved it. And so... Wonderful. Did you pull that one? That's my turn. Yeah, so this is just a relaxed QA. I feel like I should have the ocean in the background. I know. Maybe I can add that. (laughs) Maybe. That would be awesome. I I insert my Song of the Sea song in there. (laughs) Just get some sirens going, some mermaids. Number 13. 
I said, oh, that's mine. Mm-hmm. If you could be a character in any novel, who would you be? Oh my god, it just screamed at me. Emma! <laughs> <laughs> well, we are so alike, it's kind of scary. It was, Go ahead and start, and I'll what? tell you mine. Emma. Emma? Yeah. Is there, is there, well, for p- those people who don't know, Emma's from? Oh, Emma is from um, Jane Austen's uh, book, Emma. Uh-huh. And um, I love Jane Austen. Um, wonderful writer. But Emma... Emma was a unique individual. <laughs> she was a matchmaker. Yes, she was very much a mas- matchmaker. And I always seemed to have been the one to hook up my friends with other people, but I could never find a decent relationship myself. Yeah, but in the story, the, she's with the person she's... <laughs> she just never saw him. Yeah. But for what, you know, like, the person that she was supposed to be with was always there. Yeah. And, and she, she just never saw, saw it. it. Yeah. So do you have that person in your life? No. 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 That, is that why you want to be her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and just, I like, a lot of people, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to live in that time. I would love to live in that time. I love those type of dresses. I love mm-hmm. the cordialness that people had with one another where they were respectful and the mannerisms Mm -hmm. that they had and they, you know, every person, no matter how much money or wealth they had, they would do an annual party or something and invite Mm -hmm. people over. And it just, to me, it was a very romantic time frame. And... Jen's really the diehard romantic, but I I have been I have been proven to my face from a few guys that just recently with everything that I've liked lately they're like you know you realize you're a romantic, and I'm like well I used to write poems mm-hmm. for the guys that I liked mm-hmm. you know and I write I, I I write beautifully and that's I can say that you know I could never say that then but um I guess I am a romantic so I I love Emma I love uh even little women you know Mm -hmm. it's not not on the same thing but it's just there I I love that time period I mean I can see why you would like Emma I mean I I can see similarities with with you your you who you are now and, and her character outspoken yeah, um, if she didn't like something, she spoke her mind, and I'm that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm, and I'm blonde. And she's and, and she was a romantic, but she didn't realize she was a romantic, right? Yeah, and so, she wrote. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Emma. Yeah. So what? So what about you? Um, I was also going to pick a Jane Austen character, but I was going to pick Elizabeth Bennet, <gasps> and that is because I feel like I connect with her the most. Uh huh. Um. I'm also a big Jane Austen fan. I even have a Jane Austen tarot deck. Yes, you do. We've <laughs> used it one of our podcasts yes, too. Yes, we have. Yes. yes, we have one of the first one of the first ones, right? One of the earlier ones. Yes, one of I the think. very within the first six. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just. I mean, that one's kind of... I mean, everybody knows what Pride and Prejudice is. Oh, I mean, even yeah. if you don't even know who Jane Austen is, you know oh, what that yeah. is. That or you know the Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice one with zombies. That's so <laughs> yes. awesome. I love it. All, they all apply here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, 
I like, I just, I don't know, I connect with her character a lot, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like taking me and putting me in a, in a really ridiculously romantic setting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree with a lot of the things that you said, that I really like that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were things, you know, women's rights were not really a thing then, right. but as far as everything else goes, it, just the way that people treated each other and the clothing was actually not very restricting, at least for the women. No, that it wasn't. Time. It was very flowing. It was. It was very flowing. It was a line. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you know a lot of the periods in history where mm-hmm. you know they, they were really contorting women into all sorts of shapes. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't know. There's just there is something very romantic, and like you said, I am a, I am a romantic. Yes, um, you are. So I think that's one of her most romantic novels. The whole, you know. What I like about Pride and Prejudice isn't actually the, the obvious thing that people realize. Uh, what I like about it is you have two people who are so... The, the male character and the woman character mm-hmm. who are very, very similar. Like, extremely similar. Right. Um, and they... Well, especially her character. She doesn't... She doesn't like him because... Well, one, she doesn't understand him, but because she doesn't realize that he's her. Right. But isn't that how it normally goes for some of us? We don't realize that sometimes someone can be so much like us mm-hmm. that that you actually because you you don't you're so much like them you don't that see it's, it that you almost kind of annoy each other in a yes. way yes because you would annoy yourself I right think. so that's why sometimes I say you're annoying little sister but yeah, I know I totally I know I I'm, get it I, you know. no and that's why but that's true yeah you know because. When, when you become so similar, I'm not right. saying that people are 100% similar, but right. when, you're, when you have a lot of similarities, so, exactly. um, there are times where you feel like you want to feel unique or you want to have a, and the problem is just that you can't, um, there's only going to be certain things that you can feel that way about. Right. Um, and you just kind of have to realize that, okay, this other person is going to feel this way, the same as I feel in right. this particular situation because we are so very, very similar. And that's actually why I really like Pride and Prejudice because... I mean, yeah, it is a ridiculously, overly wonderful romance. You know, he's really right. rich, and she ends up marrying him in the end, and that's all great. Right. But what I really like about it is, well, she wasn't common for her time, just like Emma wasn't. Right. Either. Very uh, strong women. Strong women. Um, and, you know, she was also really into writing and books and all right. that stuff, too. Oh, yeah. But because he was very different, too, Right. and because he was so similar to her, they, they, they didn't like each other in the beginning. And I, I don't know, I just, I think that's just really interesting. And I think it's realistic. It, and I know that sounds kind of silly, mm-hmm. because it's obviously a romance, and you right. know, there's only so much realism in a romance. But it is. I mean, when you were talking about how people really deal with each other in the right. day-to-day, right. that's very common, a right. very common thing. You you might meet somebody and you realize that, you know, they're, they're so much like you, but they're, you don't realize that that's the way that you are, and you're just right. like, oh. yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, um, one thing that to finish that question off with, Uh um, about Jane Austen, I was sad to find out with the movie, Mm -hmm. I think, Anne Hathaway, is it Hathaway? Yeah, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, did Mm -hmm. an amazing job with that movie, Mm -hmm. but to know that she actually ended up alone, that was sad. And she wrote beautifully, you know, she was definitely a woman, In a time that women were not allowed to be outspoken, we were not allowed right. to be um, 
uplifting of other women who are not allowed to uh, shine bright. And she did it anyway. She People loved her novels mm-hmm. then, and people came to love her. And um, But she was alone. She was so romantic, and she was alone. Because the one she truly loved... But her life is a representation of what she was showing in her novels. Yeah, of her of novels. Course. Her novels are a fantasy during that time period. Yes. Which is why, you know, we look back on it and we go, oh, it was so fabulous. But in reality, you didn't have a say, really, on who you married. Mm-mm. And, you know, if you were lucky, you might have had a... You might have married somebody that you loved and loved all your life. And, right. But that wasn't something that you expect. Right. And she loved somebody, and he loved her. Don't get me wrong. They did love each other. But because of the time period, you, you know... The trophies. The the marriages were, had a lot to do with your your station and your finances and Mm -hmm. your family. And and if those things, you know, didn't work out, it didn't matter what your feelings were. And that's why she ended up alone, you know. Um, Because, again, her her novels are fantasy. Right. she she under she was ahead of her time. She um, she was all the characters in her novels. Yes, she was. You know, and but she's playing out different scenarios mm-hmm. um, of how of fantasies of like if if it was today. Yes. this is how it would play out mm-hmm. if you didn't have all of those things in the way. You right, know, this is the fantasy that's going to end up at the end. But those right. things, the, the things that happen in her novels, don't happen. No, they don't. No, these are these are definitely novels to take you away from the modane at the time and put a little happiness in your life. And I think she did them in a political way too. I think yeah. she was trying to make statements. I mean, oh, a yeah. lot of the funny things she says in her novels, uh-huh. she's poking fun at society, oh, and showing yeah. how ridiculous some of the things oh, are. Yeah. And, That's why yeah. I liked her so much. Very strong woman, and all of her characters that were females. Um, in the book, the main characters, they all seem to be somewhat strong women, women who mm-hmm. wanted to uh, voice their opinion on how they felt. Mm-hmm. So, but Emma, Emma just stands out for me. I, I love it. It was really, because when you said it, I was like, ah, Emma, in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, so you, that was the that question was, I pulled. So I guess I'm pulling. Yep, you're pulling. Okay. I want a cookie. 14. 14? That's on your page. That's the last one, my page. Yep. 14 uh, or 15? No, I only have 14. Oh, you told me 15, so... We're Unless off. I accidentally deleted one. We're, we're missing, we're <laughs> oh, missing well, one. If, we, if someone dra- does 15, we'll just skip it. Or uh, we'll make up one. That's dangerous. Nope, it's good. <laughs> okay, you'll love this question. Okay. If you were sitting at a round table with three famous artists, who would they be? Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. Prince, and it's a toss-up between Taman and Joan. Because I, between them two, the reason why I said it's a toss-up, Jong's no longer here, Taman is. Jong was very unique when it comes to writing songs and music. He was very talented, um, very gifted with um, music and writing. Prince, the same way. And Jong, excellent entertainer. Taman's an excellent entertainer. Um, 
but I grew up with Michael Jackson and with Prince. And these gentlemen were like the soul and pop kings of artistry in my my time. They it, Prince could play almost any instrument he got his hands on. He had his own studio in his home. He laid the tracks for keys, piano, guitar, um, I think saxophone, bass. And he was like out there with a style that really no one else could repeat when it came to his vocal sounds and everything. Mm -hmm. When you heard a Prince song, you knew it was Prince. You knew it could not be anybody else but Prince. It, his songs were very unique, and you knew it was him within the first, I say, five chords for me anyway. Michael Jackson, pop, amazing pop star. The man can dance, entertainer. They were all very loving and very carefree, and just they, they preached in a sense of um, unity and just love and it came across in their artistry on stage their the words that they chose to sing with the the way that they performed it and I mean no one else could dance like Michael Jackson and then here you got Taman mm -hmm. Taman can dance there's no ifs ands and buts about that that boy can dance so it, I can't just choose three because yeah I know it's that's hard because uh, I mean Jong I I didn't realize until I started looking more into what other instruments that he could play, and then that he was with a band outside of Shiny and his music on his albums are just unique and they pull you in and. Some songs make me sad for him, you know, like they do some a lot of shawas and bling blingers that like him, you know. It, three wonderful, creative individuals that to me covered an array of music because Michael was geared mainly towards um, old school R&B and pop, where. Prince was R&B and funk mm -hmm. and soul. And then here you got Jong, who was poppy, soulful, um, his own form of funk. Mm -hmm. You know, with some of the riffs that enter in his songs and how he would cross rap in with a few of his songs that you and I both agree we, we wish they weren't in there because yeah. it takes away, but that was his creativeness coming mm -hmm. out. Whether he actually wrote the rap part, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but they they each have this, and I, I use this word a lot, but je ne sais quoi about themselves, that you, if you heard any of their music pop on the radio, you knew who it was you knew, I knew what albums they came from when it came to Michael Jackson, MJ, and Prince. And it just, they, 
I mean, there's no one that can... There's people that are gone that are up there with them, like Iggy Pop and a few others, but they were, to me, the foundation for my time frame. Mm-hmm. MJ and Prince. And then here John comes in and he pulls a little bit of that from that time frame, and then he has his own style mm-hmm. that he beefs it up with, and... Taman is running that as as someone who's with us now. He's running that show for himself. Mm-hmm. He gets very creative with songs that he chooses, the words that he may add and subtract, the way he performs it on stage, his facial expressions. He's you have showman Taman mm-hmm. that persona when he gets that stage, it's business. Mm-hmm. And then you have that sweet, shy, adorable, fun-loving young man that, and when he's off stage and when he talks about music, you see it in his face. It just lights up. Mm-hmm. And he talks about a song, and or he plays on the piano, and he, you know, picks fun at himself because he can't play it right or something. But. He, he's just so genuine, and all of them were genuine. So, no, I can't just t- stick to three. I mean, I could talk about a few others that are oh, no yeah. longer gone, uh-huh. but those those three, mainly the three that are no longer with us. What's the best advice you've ever received? <laughs> That's going to take a while to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I received a lot of advice. I don't know. The best advice that I did receive that I didn't hear to? Well, no, it could be any. Does it say whether you actually followed it or no, not? I, 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 I got you. Okay. But the best advice that I was given that I didn't adhere to would have probably saved me a lot of heartache. And it was the day I was getting married. Oh, okay. and, and my dad said, we, we didn't spend a whole lot, so... You don't want to marry him, and you think this is wrong. You don't have to marry him. We'll go in there, and we'll just say, we'll call it off. And and you should have. And I should have, because maybe I wouldn't have been abused for six years. Yeah. What's some of the best advice you were ever given? I don't know. That's hard. I mean, I guess it's not really advice, but I think people always talk about confidence and you know, we always struggle with perfection and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And it's not really specifically one person or individual or a specific, particular situation. Mm-hmm. But over my life, lots of people in various situations have said, you know, you need to stop worrying about it. You know, you're fine. You know, that sort of stuff. But I don't usually follow it like most people. <laughs> that's the Mercury and that's in us. <laughs> probably really good advice, you know, if you right. just, you know, stopped overthinking, you know, you know, realize your potential, you know, you know, all that stuff. Right. I think you, you know, your progress would be so much better. You right. Know? Um, and then just, you know, when people tell me not to eat carbs, <laughs> especially when I lost all that weight. Yeah. And then I just said, screw it. And I just went back on my horrible binge. Okay. So I got, when I got married, I was very heavy. Well, that's I didn't the, think you were. I, I was beautiful. heavy. I was heavy. Okay. Um, and I'm one of those weird people. You'd think I'd lose weight before the wedding. I actually lost 50 pounds after I got married. The year after I got married, actually. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Um, and I looked great. I felt great. Mm-hmm. And then I gained it all back because, you know, I don't stick to my exercise and I don't watch my diet. You know, I do it for like a year and then I just, I go back to my old way. So you were on the yo-yo effect. Yeah. And, and then there was like a good four or five years mm-hmm. and then I did it again. So a whole year I low-carb diet, my exercise, I lost my 50 pounds again. It was amazing. <laughs> and then what do I do? What? I do, yep. And then I just go back to my old ways again and gain the weight back. So guess what? It's been another four or five years. <laughs> and I'm back. This this year, I'm starting my low-carb diet right again. And I'm back to my strenuous exercise. Uh-huh. And we'll see. Maybe I'll lose my 50 pounds. But the thing is, <laughs> I just noticed that there's like this four to five year <laughs> pattern going on. And what's funny is, I know that the 2016 one, mm-hmm. which is the last time I lost weight, mm-hmm. astrologically, mm-hmm. and I, I can't remember exactly what the astrological information is for it, but I looked it up, mm-hmm. and the house mm-hmm. that it was in right. was actually the house of weight loss. So I'm wondering if back in... Could have been. When, you know, I think it was 2011 or something. Could have been. I think it was when I lost the weight before. Because I... Could have been that same house yeah. again. It came around. And so I'm wondering what, if yeah. that's what's going on. You have to understand, Jen and I do astrology. I do numerology. So when we, real, like, when we realize that we have a pattern, then we start digging what's making the pattern. And we don't just look at it like, oh, because well, I, I chose bad foods. But what made us choose the bad foods? What made us go back to that? Because life in general, because we're energy, it, what goes on in the universe affects us as human beings. And a lot of people don't understand that or they choose not to understand that. Um, we don't live with blinders on. We live with our eyes wide open. And um, we resonate with things. So I could see that because I was with you in 2016 yeah. when you lost all that weight to go on your trip. I did. I lost and, Yeah. And you looked really good. And you still look good. You're not that heavy. I And it could be. You know, you might have to do maybe put the time frames for those years and and place it up against your data chart and see for those years that you put Mm -hmm. in what it is and you might find that pattern that might you might be correct but the thing is is that if i do lose the weight again this year like i did you're gonna keep it the hell off you have to like really be on me about this shit i will and you have to be on me too because i need to lose more weight i have lost 80 pounds i don't want to gain none of it back I want to lose the rest of it because I want to be 130 and, and look good. And I mean, I I don't even care. I, 130 good. for my height, I think it might be a little too. I mean, I'm only five foot five. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of attainments, about what like an inch higher than me, taller than me, probably. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, no, I don't want to mm-hmm. be 130. That's less than what he weighs now, and I that's not for me. Like, yeah. I I that's. I, I, I could see, I mean, I'd even be happy with, like, 150. I probably would be, too, but I, I haven't been 130 since I was 18 years old, so I would like to be back to that. I was 120 in high school, and I thought that was too skinny. You saw that picture of me and Heather I showed you? Mm-hmm. I was 120. Oh, wow. Yeah, you were pretty thin. 
So, all right, it's my turn. Okay. We go, we go on tangents. Just yeah. bear with us. Okay. But we hope we're entertaining you. Let me entertain you. Let me choke on this tea. Make you smile, <laughs> you goofball. One. Number one, one. Number one. If you could change one event in the course of history, what would it be? If I could change one event in the course of history. Any event in history. Any, any event in history. Are we allowed to go political? Could be any event in history. Any, any event in history. Anything in history. Um, but one thing. One event. I would like to go back and save JFK from being shot. Why? Because I think if he was president longer, I think maybe America would be a different place today. But he was murdered. I, I would go back and I would stop. I would save him. Just mm -hmm. to hope that today would be a better place. Because I think had he lived and stayed president, then chose a better vice president for the second time around, and got voted in again, I, I really think the way... Because he was all for civil rights. He was all for making it a unity, making it a better place. And isn't it ironic that Abraham Lincoln was the same way? Mm -hmm. He was all for, you know, people being free, having free will, having, you know, to say for themselves that he was also shot in the head. Mm -hmm. And then JFK gets shot in the head. These are two people whose lives were many years apart, wanted the same thing, was gearing for the same thing. They both were shot in the head and taken from us. And Abraham Lincoln had a secretary, the last name Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Kennedy had a secretary, the last name Lincoln, that worked in their offices. Mm -hmm. History repeats itself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mine has to do with World War II. Okay. So, I don't want to say that I would go in and stop World War II because there were a lot of things that happened during World War II that I think needed to happen, like the United Nations. and There were a lot of things that came about after World War II that I think are necessary and they needed to have formed. Right. But what I would have liked to have changed about World War II was the Holocaust part of it. Oh, God, yes. So I, I, I think World War II would have been just like any other war because, come on, there are how many wars in the history of the world? Yeah. Um, that's horrible and sad and people died. But I think what's bad, really bad about World War II was just, you know, the concentration camps and how they treated the Jews and They're, all of that. Racism. Right. So that's, if I could go back and change anything, that's, I would basically take that part out of World War II and just make it a war. Mm -hmm. That... You know, then all the other things could have stayed. You know, like we could still have all of the things that came about the positive, the things. positive things that came about yeah. after World War Two. I I feel you there. 
Have you ever watched Auschwitz? Yes. That's a hard movie to watch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. So. Was it my turn to pick? Yep, it's your turn to pick. Number two. <laughs> I think we just did number one. Didn't we? we did. <laughs> <laughs> number no, we already did number three. Um, number two. What luxury would you like to enjoy just once? So it could be anything in the world that you could have or do. You could just experience it once in your lifetime. Anything. How long? How long would I have to experience? I don't know. A day? Say. A week? A month? I, I think as long as you want, as long as it's not like a lifetime. Like, let's say under a year. If I had the luxury... To do or have anything. To have all the money that I could possibly possess. And I mean lots of money in the millions into the billions. That I can go around the world and contribute money to causes for children, for adults for hospitals, for underprivileged people, clean water, clean up areas, build buildings, something to make humanitarian things come to life for people that have waited for so long. Pay people's bills, um, travel well, just helping people. And if I, it, even, even if it's under a year, if I could do that and still come out not having any money, but I would have, the, my reward would be the fulfillment of trying to make someone's life better. I'm all about being the protector and ending suffering. So, that's just me. But I don't have the money. No. So I get really sad. I do. I mean, my biggest thing 20 years ago was having enough money to go to China and adopt baby girls and bring them <laughs> home because I, I, the, because knowing that, well, they don't have that problem anymore. No, but knowing, but my yeah, yeah, yeah. growing up, knowing that I was born in the year of horse, mm -hmm. I wanted to go to China and adopt as many little girls as I could to bring them home because I felt sorry for them because they were given away because they the yeah. parents wanted boys to keep the name going and to have someone work for them and blah 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 you know, whatever that was going on there but that's what I wanted to do but you know times have changed I, I'm 30 40 years older now so it's like I, I still feel for the kids that are in orphanages because mm -hmm. it's hard to have that one-on-one -on -one, that bonding with a parent when you have to basically fight to get attention. So, you know. You have to do that even in actual real family. Like, families that are biological. Yeah. That's why I'm against people having too many children. Because well, you create so many problems. When yeah. You I only had one, so. Well, no. I'm yeah. talking about. Like, my mom came from, there are six kids. So. Yeah. It's, because, I think, again, this is my psychology talking yeah. right now. Where it's like, you know, you can't, even even if you have a lot of money, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. No. Money because you're, you're only one individual, and if you happen to have a spouse or a partner or whoever might be with you, they're only one person. Right. And there's only so much attention and, and interest and whatever that you can show and express 
you know, that you have because right. you have to take care of yourself too. Exactly. And, you know, I really don't think people should have more than, I mean, I would say max four. And even that to me, I think is a it's, little ridiculous. In today's world, that is. I think one, one if, you, if you have a partner, two kids is probably the ideal. Right. Because then you've got one person for, you know what I mean? You have enough attention that you can give. This is a tangent. I'll probably take it out because I'm sure people are screaming at me right now going, what the? No, because we're entitled to our own <laughs> opinions. Our opinions do not yeah. reflect anyone else. They're a reflection of how we feel. So you go ahead and preach it, girl. I'm right there with you. I don't think people should have more than kids than, than what they need because today's world is so much harder to especially... Well, you don't have people only, staying at home anymore no, to get more attention. Right. You know, both parents go to work. And there's nothing wrong with that. You no, know, there's I'm not. I'm, I'm not against that. You know, I. it's just people have kids for the wrong reasons these days. And actually, it's, it's improving. It is. It is. People That, that whole, like, you must have children is, is going away now. But Yeah. No, I feel you. Need more? Oh, yeah. Sure. So... Did I draw that or did you? I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> now that we were talking about, I don't know. We, we were on a about? tangent. Oh, what luxury would you enjoy? Oh yes. So, I'm not really like for everybody. I'm just not like you're more of the humanitarian. I'm not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to help people, but I want to help people in a more specific way. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, in my view, I, I, it's just too big of a world. Like, I just can't help everybody. I, I would go insane. I would be stressed out. Mm-hmm. So if, if I had money for a very short time, an endless amount of money, which mm-hmm. I, that would be what I would pick as well, um, I would try to make the people that I come in contact with as hap- like, happy in the moment. Meaning that, um, you know, kind of like a bucket list almost in a way yeah. where it's like, if this is going to be a short thing, it's going to be temporary. I'm not going to have this money forever and I can't invest it, let's say, because that kind of goes against the whole like short time. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're assuming that this is something that you're only going to have for a short time and that's it. Mm-hmm. So I, what I would try to do is I would try to have everyone enjoy their life as much as they could for a short period of time, whatever that would be. Go and do the things that we talk about. Like when we're sitting here, you know, dreaming up dreams, mm-hmm. that's what I would do is I would fulfill the dreams that we have, the dreams of our relatives and our friends. Yeah. And, and along the way, we'll meet people. You know what I mean? And we'll get them to come along or, you know, we'll help those people, mm-hmm. you know, as we meet them and that sort of thing. And, I, and, and that's kind of, that's what I would want to do with that. Just, just to, like, just so that people can, you know, look back on that and feel like that they fulfilled something, even though their life is back to normal now and, you know, they have to go back to their day-to-day stuff. It's just having that like woo kind of like party moment where you you were able to do just whatever you wanted, anything that you wanted to do. Okay, Jen's taking us all to Disney World. <laughs> you think I would totally? I would. I would. Everybody wanted to go. We'd go. You know, endless amount of money. You know, mm-hmm. anything that we've talked about doing, we would do it. Okay, when are we moving to Korea? You think I'm joking? <laughs> I would do it if I had the money. I would plan it tomorrow. We would be gone. Mm. Even if it was for a short time, I really need to get my passport. We would we would move into that building, even if it was for six months. Just for six months, you know. Yeah. Just for six months. We, you know, we create. We could do whatever. We make music. Well, if we bought the apartment in that building, 
and you left it to me, then it's no longer in your hands. It's a gift to me. There you so go. And then we'll just look, there we go. You get this whole thing planned out. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, we're working here. We're working. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, okay. Right. 24. 24. Oh, that's the last question. Um, oh, oh, the last question on my yeah. paperwork. Um, if you were a talk show host, who would you want as your first guest? Oh, shit. <laughs> and you can't say him because that's who I was no, going to say. No, I'm going to say him. No. I was going to say him. No. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Actually, you were supposed to be asking me this question. Yeah, but I let you do a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. He's mine. Yes, he's, he's absolutely yours, but I'm a talk show host. Uh-huh, but there's nothing that says. He's coming on my talk show. Shiny. Why would you want Because you didn't say specific person. So. Mm-hmm. I said first guest. You're correct. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would, I'm going to put this out there. I would never be a talk show host. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because could you imagine me in front of all those people interviewing somebody that would be laughing at? No. <laughs> so <laughs> this would be complete fantasy. Um, well, why would I want shiny? Mm-hmm. Well, th- I think it would be very, f- it would be a mixture of fun. Mm-hmm. But I think it would also be very meaningful at the same time, which I think would be a really good start too if this was your very first right. show in general. And I mm-hmm. guess depending on what kind of a show you were going to have, I right. guess it would set a tone or a, a theme mm-hmm. for the for your show. Um, and what does shiny represent? Um, well, I already talked about it being fun and, and meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all guests that come on when I watch any kind of a a program like that Mm -hmm. I like that that mixture of you know you don't want you want to be taken seriously Mm -hmm. but you also want to you know not be too serious right um and also I think um well first of all I would just like to interview them as a personal side note Mm -hmm. um but I think that um in this fantasy world well they'd all be there (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> number one and mm-hmm. um shiny's five yes <laughs> um going back to what i said about setting a tone for right. the show um having guests on there that that represent something not mm-hmm. just having anybody on there right um you know i really think that they represent something in the music industry mm-hmm. for korea mm-hmm. um so i think that's interesting and important. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know where else, what else to say about it. Like, I'm sure you're going to talk more about what I'm going to say anyway because you're going to say Taman, so. Yeah, but I like that you went with Shiny because Shiny has been in K-pop for mm-hmm. 12 years. They've just had yeah. their 12th anniversary. Um, they are a very eclectic group of f- men who yeah. they bring light and they well, bring love. What what I really like about Shiny that and then this is I'm talking specifically about K-pop. Right. When I say this, when I say what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Um and we've talked about this ourselves off the podcast before. Right. But I'm actually not a big fan of K-pop. Yeah. Um and mostly because I think it all sounds the same. And I know there's probably people out there that are probably cursing me right now. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, I, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, if you like it, you like it. But 
after a while, it it's like you can't like all the girl groups sound the same. All the boy gr- like it's the same kind of music. There's a lot of rapping in it. Um, there's not a lot of dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, you know, like where you've got really interesting things going on in the songs, or mm-hmm. really interesting themes going on, or you know, I like experimentation, right. but I also like being. I like the uniqueness of song, like, and this is just in general, like right. that's just, you know, and what I like about Shiny is they are very different. Yes, they are. They're very different in K-pop, but they're also very different in the way, in the way that their group is set up. Um, most most K-pop groups, they yes, they have individual members, but the individual members don't really stand out. Not, I mean, yeah, you might have a like one that like everybody thinks is really sexy or something, mm-hmm. or they have have one thing that they're really known for. Mm-hmm. But then the other members are not maybe you know they have their thing, but they're kind of more like in the background, like, like they don't. It's hard to figure out who's singing, and it's very, you know, like, it's all kind of like a choir, almost, where it's like they're just blending together. Right. And and I'm saying this from, like, so, somebody who didn't know anything about K-pop going in, and right. they're watching, they, they can't tell the difference, like, from one K-pop group to another. Right. And they can't tell the difference between members, because they're all just kind of, it's like a choir, right? Mm-hmm. They're all blending together. Um, and the thing about Shiny is that they're none of those things. Exactly. Um... E- their music is very experiment, uh, experimental. Um, it doesn't sound like K-pop at all. Um, literally every song, it could be a different genre of music. It mm-hmm. could be a different decade of music. Yep. Um, and you can their their voices are more distinctive yes. than most other K-pop groups. You no. can they 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 don't sound they they can at certain you know certain times you know they they blend in that right but they have different sounding voices so it's very easy to learn who is who singing and there's only five of them prior to us losing jong yeah and you can just listen to them sing and you can go oh that's jong that's key Uh that's onu that's tay and even when you see them yeah yeah you know and even when you see them yeah i know onu and key people get them mixed up right but as far as their like their personalities, like once you actually start watching a couple of their like live shows or mm-hmm. interviews or whatever, it's very easy to be like, wow, their personalities are so very very different. They're yep. very very unique, and they're not all acting like they're all the same. Or, you know, right. they all very different personalities. Correct. Yeah, that that's a good choice. It really is, because you know. I personally, like you said, you know where I was going, yeah, and yeah. I was like, you can't choose him because I'm mine. <laughs> I would want Taman. I I would, and I would hope that either I would have you there to translate for me <laughs> if he couldn't really keep because he does. You know, he's not confident. I think enough in his English. He, no, he's, so he kind of reminds me when people when I try to speak Korean, where mm-hmm. it's like I'm gonna avoid it like the plague. Yeah. Get real but he tries. I mean, yeah, he when tries. he does speak, he does uh, he does sound very well when he says the words that he wants to say. But I would like to ask him questions, more meaningful, deep questions when it comes to his artistry. Yeah. Um, what was going through his mind in a certain video, or um, what was in his mind with a song arrangement. Um, for either a concert or for um, an album. I, I want to know more about 
that. The songs. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, like I said, he, he when you <clears throat> see him walking with his friends or out and about or when he does his little airtime with either Instagram or whatnot, you, you, you see this very humble, very shy, very polite um, young man. Um, who smiles a lot, you know, and he just seems so down to earth. And when he steps out on that stage, it's like, Taman is here. Yeah. And he just like, every articulated movement that he does on stage is phenomenal. And from the hand movements to the arm movements to the body and the leg movements is just unreal. The I the way that he rolls his hand across his face and down the neck and that the the boy is just he captivates you. What's What's really funny is you know me and you too and my problem. Yes. So there was this one guy who uh, he was a reactioner. Mm-hmm. And he was watching Taman videos. And he's like, doesn't know anything really about Taman. He's like brand new and he was just uh-huh. watching a couple of videos. And I just cracked up because he was like, he, he actually thinks Taman is intimidating. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just because he's never seen him, like, he's only seen him perform. And he's like, he's such a badass and he's so intimidating. And I'm just like thinking of That's his persona, and though. Like, he's totally not like not that at all. all. He's not like that at all. That is him when he's on that stage. Because he's on that stage to set that stage on fire. And he's on there to entertain his fans. And it is about entertaining his fans. And it's about showing how he is growing in his artistry. He wants to put that across to people. And those, that's why I would want to ask those questions and I want a more in-depth because I don't think that, I don't know if it's allowed or not, but I don't think people that actually interview him go that far with it. A lot of them seem kind of like a generic based, yeah. I mean, what was that, Stacy? I saw yeah, her. Hers is probably hers, one of the best. That, it is one of the best that I've seen. You know, they had a little lunch and they were talking and she was asking him questions and he he was comfortable and he opened yeah. up a lot. But, I mean, I really want, I want to know a lot of the meat about, okay, why did you choose this song? Of course. What did it? We're assuming that this isn't a perfect world. Right. Because, you know, he's not going to be able to really tell you why or what was going on when he made a decision because... But he could, but he could put across not, not completely personal, but speaking from a persona. Yeah. His persona aspect of it. I would like to know that. I just think it's sad that you know, what's so wonderful about Western society when it comes to musicians, and and I'm not saying that there's no haters out there, because there is, because Taylor oh, Swift yes. crap, crap all, all the time, time, and she is so... She's phenomenal. She, she puts her heart and soul into yes, her she, songs that they're so personal, and she, yeah, she won't talk about every detail, but she'll talk about what and why she wrote a song. Right. And that's one of the things I really, really like about Western music, is because it it adds so much depth 
Yes. When you know what that person was going through exactly. when they chose a song or when they wrote a song. You know, and, and, and people over here, they want to know that. Right. Because you, you want to see what someone's really like. Because you can, you can connect with that on a deep level. Right. You, you, you will think of a time and a place that it resonates with you and you can understand what they were going through and it's like it's speaking to you. Right. And I think it's sad that over there... They really don't, they don't get want. To they do don't that. want to know them at all. They don't. No. They they want they want this fantasy, which is great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the fantasy, but but you can still have that fantasy and still get to know the yes. artist. The music and is the, so much more than that. Right. And I, it, you're you're losing so much when you don't, when you when you're when you're missing, that special. I don't know what it is. Is it that special something, that, I don't know. Like and I, maybe this is just me. No, I, I'm right there with you. But to me, like, I, I, the, the more I know about why a song was there, mm-hmm. even, even, even if it was like why they chose it to be number three in the CD, right? Like, because there's sometimes even a meaning even for that, right? The more I know about anything about the music in general, the more into that music that artist I am, right? Because that they are expressing more of themselves on a personal level that we can also resonate with, we can also reflect with, we can also understand where they're coming from, what drove them to do that, what the passion was about, what maybe the empathy was about. It helps us understand them more and it allows us to connect with them on a more authentic um, connection for me anyway because it, yeah it makes it real yeah they're they're people right they're, they are they're just like everybody else I mean, exactly. yeah they have different problems and different issues and things that they have to face right but they're people right and I, I don't know I just and I think sometimes the best music is made when when people are in pain and I know that sounds horrible uh, oh. but it, it's true like you know so many art song, singer songwriters that I love Mm-hmm. Some of their best albums are during their worst times in their life, and it's just because you learn so much from, yeah. and it's a like raw joy. and a, yeah. emotional, and and then their later stuff isn't as good, or it doesn't have as much substance because they're not going through anything, Dang, right? You know, and I know that sounds sad, but uh, it's I, just the way life I'm is. The same way when I write, you know, the more harsh stuff I went through, trying to find my way, trying to heal myself through it. The stuff I wrote is such on a deep level that some of the stuff I write now can't even compare to what I wrote. I mean, some of the stuff <clears throat> that I shared with people that I still need to find so I can let you read some of it, um, they're like, oh my God, I can relate to this. I, I went through something like this and I was able to help them heal. Mm-hmm. And these are complete strangers. Because I used to post a lot of my stuff on MySpace. It's probably still on MySpace. And I haven't been on MySpace in so long. I don't even know if my account's still there. <laughs> but um, you know, I, don't, I don't even know if I remember my password on MySpace. And what email that I had it hooked up to. So besides that. But you know. It, I want. I, that's why I would want him. I want to give him that opportunity. That he may not get there. To have here. And I just allow, hope you have the courage to uh, that too, as well, but allow fans to get to know them on a, a, yeah. a deeper level. 
and have more admiration for him and more respect for him. And, you know, there might come a time when that happens yeah. down the road. I don't know, you know, if he, you know, does really well Yeah. in the Western market. Did you pick or did I pick? Because we're really I don't tangent. know. You can, you can, yeah, let, we can stop. Uh, go ahead and pick. We <laughs> <laughs> tangent. We're sorry. It actually was but pretty we, good tangent, that one. Yeah. It, it was we, pretty uh, deep there. Yeah. And, and you know, it, stuff happens and we hope you enjoy it and we hope that... We are entertaining you. So I picked number nine. Who is one person person you wished you never met? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what was that question about? What, what's the what was the best advice that I got? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which we're just refer to that. Yes. <laughs> I wish I never met my ex husband. I don't know if I want to say mine. Because if somebody hears it, they might say. So I'll say it, and then if I feel like I can edit it out later. But, I mean, yeah, you'd think I'd say my you know, high school boyfriend or whatever. But actually, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I learned a lot from him, and I would not change mm-hmm. that. Um, there's really nobody else in my life where I could say that I really wish I hadn't have met them. I mean, there's people I don't like. But I think I've learned something valuable from everybody. Right. She's really the only person that I can honestly think of that I really just do not care mm. about at all. And she could completely be erased from my life and it would be for the better. Uh, but I feel you on that. I do. I mean, I have an ex-husband that I don't wish I, you know, that I ever met. So um, when people rub you the wrong way and don't treat you accordingly or just being an asshat. Those sometimes are the people we really don't want in our lives and we really don't want to remember. So, I mean, my ex-husband's not the only one. There's a few others I would like to forget, but he was the worst one because he did a lot of damage to me, mentally and physically. So, 17. What one talent of yours do you wish people recognized more? I honestly don't know. You really don't know? Uh-uh. Can I try to answer that for you? Go ahead. I wish more people would recognize the talent you have when it comes to music. Okay, so this is the thing. Music, though, is not about talent. Not not when you're when you're talking about being recognized. That has to do with marketing and that has to do with who's backing you and how much money you have. It is because there's so many musicians that don't get heard even now. That's not what I was talking about. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about being in public eye. I'm talking about people that you know that are around you or just our community itself. That when you are out and about, like when we sang with a choir or when we went and sang at karaoke, that when people actually hear you paid more attention to when you sing because people will walk up to me and say who is that and I say that's my friend when you're singing and they go she's got a beautiful voice and she's very angelic and I'm like yes she is you should try to tell her that yourself because I think if more people took that initiative yeah it may not take a lot of talent but it does take talent to actually sing form notes form the sound 
know when to use the diaphragm, when to adjust your vibrato, when to shift from a head voice to your, well, not speaking voice, but a mid-tone and then to a chest voice and be able to allow it to flow beautifully. Not everyone is talented when it comes to singing. Mm -hmm. That is a talent. To be a singer and put on a stage, yeah, that takes getting that. A, a talent that I wish people would pay more attention. I wish people would tell you more that your, your vocalization is very colorful and very uplifting and very inspiring and just you bring me to tears when you cry because it resonates with me that takes talent that does not take marketing that does not take all of the other crap that you are saying because there there's a talent for marketing someone mm -hmm. there's a talent for producing someone mm -hmm. but there's also a talent for vocalizing I just wish instead of them telling me, I wish they would tell you because you are like me. We, we self-destruct ourselves and criticize ourselves when it comes to singing. And as, an, as a natural talent you have, not everyone can sound like Celtic women I, and you I do. Think, but I think <laughs> that people just assume, and this is, this is again, I'm just going, I'm using this as a generalization. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that I, people don't come, they don't make comments or people don't say that about, about me. Because obviously they do. Uh-huh. But the thing is, is that I think people just assume that when you have a particular talent, you already know. And so they just don't say anything, right? Unless you have a mass audience, right? Because then you have a large pool of people. And there's always going to be people who are really into you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's different. Yeah, if I had a large group of people listening to me, there's going to be a lot of people saying comments because there's, you've got a large group of people and the odds of you getting feedback are going to be a lot larger. Right. But I don't. I'm, I'm a private person and I'm not right. putting myself out there and I'm not, I don't have some big company backing me, right? So, um, you know, people in general are not going to, come up to you because they already assume that you already know. They, they might clap, you know, they might talk about it with their buddies or whatever, but they're not going to come up to you because, you know, they but just... But I think more people need to do something like that. Because to me, that's uplifting. Oh, that's sure. A, yeah, people people want to hear positive things. Well, I think, it's, I think it's good because if you hear the positive things, then you intend to think more positive about yourself. So, yeah, that's, but, but yeah. you don't know what other talent you would have. I mean, you're very organized. But the thing is, is that it was a, the question was more recognized. I think mm -hmm. a lot of my talents, I think are recognized. I think people know that I ha I'm those things. Mm -hmm. People know I'm extremely organized. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't really know what other talents. Okay. I mean, maybe we could take it musical even further. I mean, it's, you know, I play instruments but I don't think people realize that I just because I just don't play them mostly because I don't I like privacy and I don't have instruments to play in the privacy of my own house because I know you can play the harp but I've never I can seen play the harp, harp I can play the piano too but I don't um so I guess you could add that in too that you know because I just don't do them you don't do them around I don't they're people. not being recognized right right well so maybe you should start doing them I used to play the flute 
the clarinet. I always too. wanted to play the flute. I was not allowed. So I probably, if I somebody gave and me a piccolo. flute, I probably could play it. I have a flute, a tin whistle. It's kind of the same thing. It's just different because it's Irish, and it's not the side; it's straight down. So, but yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Tangent. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. But facts. Uh huh. So. Me, on the other hand, um, the ability to actually take control of a situation that's really chaotic and calm it down. You don't think people recognize that? I would, I would I totally don't, not be shocked by that. I don't think. I mean, I've never seen I you in a situation like that. I don't think many do recognize that because they have a tendency to tell me to go sit down and I'm like, no, I'm not going to sit down. You're not handling this properly. Too many people are upset. You get the hell out of my face and let me handle this. I mean, the people I've had, people who've hurt themselves that were panicking and freaking out that I actually, just by talking to them, that I've assessed their situation and knew that, like this one girl that I went, Valerie actually, that I went skating with while we were skating at the rink and I met up with her there and a few other people and one person wiped out really bad and she got caught in the middle of it on the floor and her ankle was bothering her really, really bad and she couldn't stand up or anything. She thought it was broken and I said, I don't think it's broken. And I started talking to her. And I was just talking to her, talking to her about oh, what have you been doing lately and everything the whole time because she was like kept tensing up and grabbing at her ankle. And I totally took her mind completely off what was going on, had already undone her um, boot, took it off, was assessing her ankle and her um, top part of her foot, because she said that hurt as well, and she has a bad sprain. And she had time had a boyfriend there, and I said, um, I'm on skates, you already took yours off, can you piggyback her and take her to the ER? She's got a really bad sprain, it needs to be looked at, hopefully the ligaments aren't ripped or anything. And no sooner than she was getting piggyback right, she goes, wait a minute, I did not even feel you do that or anything. She goes, you just had me completely calm and relaxed. And I didn't even realize you were twerking on my ankle. I walked into accidents and just calmed it all down. I go in, I, I've cleared out fights. I thrive in chaos. So I have something I would like to say. Okay. So you talked about me in this particular situation, so I would like to talk about you in this situation. Okay. Um, I think there is a talent that you possess that I think is very underrated um, that I don't think a lot of people possess. Mm. What's that? Um, and that is, I think you are extremely reliable, and I think that... Um, there's not a lot of people that you can count on in a, in a very difficult situation. You know, like when people are going through mm -hmm. really bad things, whatever that might mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of people that you know are going to be there and that you can count on them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very under-recognized.
just something you don't see. I mean, I, even in my own personal life, like, when I think about just people in general, not even thinking of a particular situation, just people in general, Mm -hmm. I probably could count one other person that I could probably 100% count on in any situation. And it's not Brian. Mm. Sadly. It's my mom. And you know that me and my mom don't have a 100% amazing relationship. Right. But she would probably be the only competition that you would have as far as when you really need somebody, mm-hmm. she will be there. Mm-hmm. Like, she is extremely reliable. There is probably nobody else in my life that you I could 100%. And I'm not saying that to be negative in any way, shape, or form. But a lot of people have a lot of their own issues. Right. That if something came up, they're not going to be able to handle any situation. Right. Um, you know, they have families or they have other priorities where if they can't, they can't drop everything and come. So I'm not saying that, that that's a right. negative. It's just, it's, it's a, I think it's something that, you know, when you have somebody like that, I think that's a really rare thing because yeah. most people, I, and I can't even say that about myself or everybody in my life either. Because I have my own priorities and I can't drop everything and, you know, I'm sure I would, you know, I would try, but, you know, it's a rare thing and I think that it's very underrated. I don't think people really talk about it enough. No, no, I don't think so. Honestly, that is one thing I get upset about, um, mainly prior before I met you, that I'm always there for everyone. Whether they need someone to talk to, need someone to make them smile, um, house it for them, whatnot. But when I really need someone, when I'm in my depths, there never seems to be anyone around. So I had to learn to do shit for myself. But... I know I can talk to you. And I know I can talk to Travis. Mm -hmm. But I I know you're busy, so I don't like to always bother you. Yeah, but there's a a difference between somebody being busy and not saying anything. I'm the type of person that will drop everything, no matter what I'm in, no matter where I'm going. If I know you're either in danger, you need help, you're stranded. Anything like that, I will drop whatever I'm doing. I don't care who you are. If I'm in the middle of a, if I actually had a job and I'm working, I said, I'm sorry, I got to go. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where are you going? I said, a family member needs me. Yeah. Because if I love you that much, you are family to me. And I'm going to come. So, and nobody can stop me. Mm-hmm. Once I have my mindset, you cannot stop me. You can I, I've actually had people... Try to tell me you can't leave, you can't do this, let them handle it. It's like, who the fuck are you to tell me what I could do? You don't control me. Mm-hmm. No, they're in pain. I, I can't let yeah. someone I care for be in pain, no matter what type of pain it is. If it's emotional pain or it, it's actual physical pain, I can feel that. I can hear it over the phone. I have to be there. You know, it... It just is the way it is. I was that way with my kid. And even if my son goes, Mom, I need you now. I bought a plane ticket. I'd be like, I'm sorry, Jen, I got to go. Yeah. And Or whoever it is I'm with. Because that's my kid. My kid's calling me. He's crying. And he needs me. I'm going. 
And even if he didn't have the money, if he was stranded somewhere and he needed me there, I, I know my parents would, would do something about it. it. You just do that when you care mm-hmm. a lot about people. And, you know, my mom and dad are always saying, why are you worry about everybody else? You should just worry about yourself. I'm a Virgo. Virgos know what it is to love unconditionally. Because it's something they want. Mm-hmm. And it's something they desire. And sometimes when you desire something so much, in order to get that, you have to give it. And just like with mutual respect, you have to get, if you want respect, you have to give respect. You cannot expect someone to earn it. The only way you can expect someone to earn that respect is if they've lost that place of respect with you, then they would have to earn it back. It's all about giving. It's all about making sure the people you have in your life is willing to give back to you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anytime those I love need me, I'm going to move hell and high water to be there. That's just me. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, and thank you for mm-hmm. recognizing that. Mm-hmm. With the time frame then and the time that we spent on this, it's quite long, almost three hours. So, um, editing will be done. We will probably have two, part one and part two. So, one will probably drop, uh, is it in a couple of weeks? Because we just dropped one. No, it'll be one. It'll be next. It'll be, yeah, in one week from now. So one week from now, one would be dropped. And then the following week after that, the next one would be dropped just to keep them close so that we don't mm-hmm. get them mixed up with the next one that we do. And if you would like to contact us, you may do so at our email, eclecticsoulpodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram account is Eclectic Soul Podcast. Our Facebook is eclecticsoul.org. Our YouTube is Eclectic Soul. And our website is eclecticsoul.org. Jen? If you want to reach me, my personal website is musicandmystery.com. My SoundCloud is the SoundCloud page, the soundcloud.com slash Jennifer dash Feltman. My Facebook is at music and mystery. And my Instagram is at music and mystery. And if you would like to reach me personally, my Facebook is at just call me Jinjin. My Instagram is at call me Jinjin or look for goddess. And my Twitter is at Jen Sullivan. Thank you and have a blessed day. Blessed be.